Warning, the host of this podcast has a penchant for the pontification of puns and an altruistically alienating affection for alliteration. If you suffer a weak constitution or get annoyed easily, you may want to seek prior medical advice or avoid this particularly perplexing pod podcast as the host is unbalanced as a washer full of shoes. Salutations, my slumberless stoners of serendipitous circumstance. This is your dosing of dope jackpot here with another episode of Chronic Insomnia Podcast. I'm here with, I can honestly say, the the woman that got me into the industry the way I am. The the reason I be who I is, uh, Lydia Ensley. So Lydia, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are. Ah, uh, this is uh, my least favorite part. Uh, <laughs> I am here in Seattle. Uh, I have been in the ever-evolving cannabis industry, and when I got into it, it was still a movement. Uh, <laughs> when Washington State and Colorado legalized is really kind of a focal point for most people, but I was one of the privileged that got to see uh, quite a few years following up to that and the way... Uh, that movement really started out here. I can't really say to Colorado, but that looked equally as interesting. Um, admittingly, I no longer participate necessarily in what we would consider as the 502 recreational market here in Washington. So right. uh, some would call me a burnout. I would like to consider myself a reformer. I still like good cannabis. That's the first reason. <laughs> um, but there's, it's been a privilege to work in medical cannabis in some of its foundations. And it's even more exciting now to see the way uh, some of the things that we were first finding out, say, seven years ago, are hitting mainstream uh, types of stores now as <laughs> applicable remedies for normal everyday problems. I love seeing CBD sections uh, in drugstores now, even though I have uh, some interesting beliefs about CBD. So I've just done all sorts of things all over the industry, uh, both what you would call black market and then above market. Right. I mean, it, like anybody who who is either kind of like self-made or or did it without, you know, big financial backings or stuff like that or kind of made it on their own is is going to have a little bit about that. Like you kind of need that edge on you know the people with trust funds or the people with, you know, right. angel well, investors. I was 23 and a single mom living in Bellingham and I, I came into it as a quasi self-proposed activist. I just hate that term now because so many people use it. True. Uh, <laughs> it's become trendy. It's like the thing. Like, oh, I'm I know. I'm an activist now. Woo! Activist in a box. Back in uh, my day, activist. <laughs> right. And so I would just say that I, my way of coping in life has always been to feel like I was making some sort of difference. Uh, I was that child that cried uh, because there was dolphins getting caught in tuna nuts, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> yeah, a lot like that. Um, but I, I had to pick like five things, right? And so at the age of 23, I was a single mom. I had a toddler. I wanted to be a social worker. I was very into like women's movements being pro-choice. Uh, I was very against uh, our government's interactions in Iraq at the time, and I was really outspoken. <laughs> on around the time I was in Iraq. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, I was that girl. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Uh, and it was really volatile. I mean, and it's funny to say this now, right? Because now we live in a society that's really volatile. But back in yeah. back that time, but for totally different reasons, though. Sort of, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Back then, it was really dangerous for me to be outspoken on those beliefs, even as like a four nine little female. If I wanted to have these beliefs and be out there as an activist, I I would I would get threatened. Like people will show up to pro choice yeah. uh, things with guns. Yeah, you know? did, you hear, did you hear about what's going on now in uh, Oregon? I mean, I think like, the better question is, is uh, which thing just happened? Uh, well, I, I just I just heard about it. I was talking to somebody because they, they got a friend out there. Um, it's like crazy, crazy alt-right groups targeting uh, Facebook profiles. Yeah. And going in like, tar yeah, so like that's, ugh, it's not one thing, it's something else people get all fucking crazy about. But go ahead, continue. Right. I, we can get back to that too because, uh, right. you know. Uh, Definitely. Right. <clears throat> So cannabis seemed like a really uh, kind of safe activism at the time. Like I could stand out in any part of the state, which in Washington, people only think of it as Seattle. But yeah. I tell you, I grew up 200 miles away from Seattle and it's rural as fuck and it's conservative as fuck. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that. Like it's not the it's not the crazy left blue state that everybody thinks it is i mean it's, it's a lot more forward thinking and it is it is slightly more you know liberal than most but there there are a lot of deep-rooted conservative beliefs in that state yeah and like literacy rates are low with, um with with as, with as much as they love the libraries like king county library <laughs> king county library was one of the first libraries like i would spend days in like i would just go there it's beautiful it's fucking in the middle of a forest and it's there's like comfy couches and shit. Like y'all motherfuckers should be reading in the future. Well, <laughs> where I grew up, they used the public library as the place to make the Jews uh, have their services. <laughs> so um, it is dramatically different, not too far from here. And what I noticed what right when away, you got like a mountain in between, or yeah. you know, where it's well, like six hundred miles between your next city. It's a range. It's a small range. <laughs> yeah, uh, still a fucking mountain from Florida, all right? <laughs> I'm from a goddamn swamp ass coral reef, right? A, a, a big dirt pile is a fucking mountain to me. Like, like that's what we consider like a hilly area. I'm like, oh my god, it's so mountainous. So right. <laughs> anything is a fucking mountain. Right, go ahead. Um, cannabis was that like kind of bipartisan issue almost right away like admittingly conservatives had some moral conjecture at first uh but they really warmed to it faster than uh any issue i'd worked on yeah. and nobody brought guns to a cannabis rally where i'm all like legalize weed and nobody wanted to shoot me it was like Where'd the first tagline ever that i'd ever yelled in public that somebody didn't want to like choke me for and that was and a lot of that was also because like you you don't want to get that fucking that double charge like you don't want to get arrested <laughs> for having weed in your pocket and a fucking gun because you know everybody there is fucking carrying <laughs> right. so 
that's what that was. It wasn't necessarily that it had like a calming effect or it was a more peaceful. It was just like, hey, I don't want two felonies. Right. I mean, and like the libertarians kind of took that like state rights issue and this should be about like individual civil liberties. And so it was a it was like an easy sell. Weed sold itself at that time uh, as an issue. It just really needed people uh, to let people know about it. Yeah, to like just get that word of mouth out there. Yeah, exactly. uh, Circulating the same. Because, like, at first it was like four movie stars that were willing to be like, Yeah, I smoke weed. And now it's like. Woody Harrelson was actually two of those movie stars. (laughs) (laughs) And now everybody does every late night. They've got their own company. Uh, Yeah. Like, like, like Jim Belushi just started Mm -hmm. his. Of course, you got Tyson. Um, Sam Elliott's got a CBD company. I know Keanu Reeves is starting one. Like everybody nowadays, yeah. Like that's 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 ridiculous. So it's a double-edged sword of where you're like, wow, I really wanted to normalize this, and then seeing what it looks like when we've normalized it a little more. Well, but what's your opinion as far as like the two? What do you mean? Like, like, because I've I've talked to, to a few different people. I've talked to pharmacists and and like owner business owners, and the the general consensus is, you know, it, it needs to be as far as like the way medical is today in most states, like the way it was in Washington when I was in there, the way it is in Oklahoma here in Colorado, stuff like that. Like that's the way recreational should be, and then the medical side needs to be a little bit more like it is in Florida, vertically integrated, so a little bit more strictly, you know, regulated because it's treated as like a prescription. But then you've got the rec side that you know is 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 more open and and, you know the private side so what's your like once everything is 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 across the board decriminalized and and legal what do you think do you think it should just be you know wild west however it is or do you think that it should fall under something a little more structured like that oh i'm gonna mess everybody up on this i think actual all the way around vertical integration is the only way to allow for mom and pop and cottage industry to at all exist or be effective in either recreational or the boutique medicinal markets. So like far more structure <clears throat> to the whole thing? Uh, they should be allowed to produce their own product, grow it, manufacture it out and sell it on site, like farmer to person right. under the right qualifications. Like that should be the ultimate goal I feel like for everybody. <laughs> but, well, I mean, that's, that's understandable. But like, like in Florida is where, where vertical integration, that's how it started. And it's impossible to do it without, you know, billions of dollars or millions of dollars. I mean, just to get the license alone is a hundred thousand dollar non-refundable fee. And you still have the possibility to, to get denied. So right. the, the vertical I mean, integration, as far as a state goes, the only problem, like I, I, I agree with the concept of it, but you know, because that does that, then that gives you like that farm to table type feel, but, or, you know, like a, a place can be self-sustaining, but then you, you take the chance of if it's regulated by the state, you get something like that, where the state's like, all right, you need to pay us this, 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 and this. There's four different governing bodies, four different zoning, you know, uh, laws that you have to adhere to and shit like that. So it seems a little. Well, I mean, it's interesting too, because in Washington, we had the like so-called uh, lottery system that was supposed to be right. fair. So as soon as you get into fees for licensing, that's where I think you should have to like, it should be intolerably low for anyone to apply Mm. (laughs) for this license. What should uh, be like the the heavy hitter (laughs) financial gains for those counties and cities would be the actual licensing 
of opening the business. Um, but you shouldn't like just to get in in the in the hat. You shouldn't have to pay money. I think that's that's been even here where it was. We're just going to pick it magically out of the hat. These larger companies came in and just paid the five thousand dollars a pop at the time several yeah. times, and they didn't care if they lost on yeah. you know five of those licenses. So, and then it wasn't for another year and a half until they even kind of got the idea of like integrating what was already a market, already a structured market to some extent, uh, into the system. And they used these words that ended up becoming pretty cannibalistic, where they said a merit-based system, this merit-based system. And... It was kind of a slap in the face to businesses that had already been open for like five fucking years. They didn't have any sort of like grandfathered in? No, it wasn't like that. It was like you still had to get on the same proving grounds as everybody else. That's fucked. And a lot of it was highly based off of could you afford to outfit a warehouse based off of these specs that this regulating agency asked these few individuals what is a grow and how should it function see that's what i think the problem with like that's the double-edged side of it being regulated at like a at such a small level like it can go all the way down to a county level like there's a lot of good things because it's what helps it progress so you like if you've got one county that doesn't like it but everybody else does that's fine well that one county you don't have to sell it in there and everybody else does but then on the other end of that you get stuff like that where it's like okay you're doing it one way and it's so crazy structured and, and, and restricted and, and regulated in this area but then the next state over, it's wide the fuck open. I mean, it doesn't really help the idea of diversion uh, to keep, you know, a difference broadband in the way we regulate cannabis state by state. But that's that's. I just coming. think there needs to be a little bit, a little, just a little bit of a a base SOP, like things, just not yeah. necessarily things that you have to do, but things that you can and can't do. Just because time tested, we realized that certain practices just kind of. I mean, look at look at California. California collapsed in on itself when everything went legal. Right. They had, you know relied so much on the black market or so much on you know the way that they had done things for so long that by the time it got opened up to the rest of the world, they were just like, oh shit, we can't do this anymore. Same thing with Canada. So there needs to be well, a little bit of like a kind of. A, we overhanded on the producer processor side here mm-hmm. in Washington at first. We handed those out at a pretty rapid rate for pretty cheap. Yeah, because I remember when I when I got my card, the doctor was like, "Hey, just put your license in, you know, wherever you're working in the in the grow room, and that just adds to it." So it's like they were just telling even patients, just like, "Hey, right, use your shit for that." Uh, but here in Washington, medical died. I can imagine much yeah. as as recreational took full effect. Uh, and it was it was just really sad to see in this state particularly the way that that which had brought it forward wasn't really respected in the end right uh and as i see other states approach these topics like it's really hard for me to be optimistic for them because i know that the main goal is that like people should not be arrested for this right we should oh, absolutely. just stop arresting people for it and that that should absolutely be on a federal level you know that that shouldn't even be well there's a, a lot of state by state issue fine you want to make not, over yeah. over an ounce a crime fine but i think i think rational adults across the entire us can say 
that possession of under an ounce of cannabis, like, well, honestly, no one should like, have to go yeah. to jail for that. And it, it, you're right. And then, and that's, and that, but that's again, you know, the, the the good thing about the state to state thing. A lot of places I've been reading articles where they're they're either, you know, limiting it to like, you know, a, some ridiculous like five dollar fine or something like that, or they're they're publicly announcing that these are very low to little or to no priority at all. You know, right. Like all of these no priority stuff. is really the way progressive municipalities are going to be able to like support legalization going forward. Right. Because that's why I was talking to a guy in Virginia Beach, and they're they don't have medical, they don't have recreational, but it's decriminalized, and it's become a like a zero priority, which I thought was was interesting. That was the first time that I'd ever heard of a place where there was nothing in the books at all for any type of cannabis use, yet it's decriminalized, and you know, like a twenty five dollar fine if I think it was I think he said like you know like above an ounce or an ounce and a half or something like that. Uh, I think what that really means is that the states don't want to have to deal on the petty crime level. They're willing to take on larger criminal uh, enterprises, but they're just yeah. not, they no longer have the resources to keep dealing with like petty exactly. uh, consumption you know, like, charges, essentially. They, they, they didn't need to be in the, in the first place, really, but now they've got to deal with, you know, the publicity and the lawsuits and all that shit, you know, for, for popping somebody with weed. Right. So what was your, like, I know, no life, life, you know, does things to people. What was your 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 overall growth? Because I know you you did accomplish a lot. Like I remember, because as I was leaving, um, it was it was becoming recreational, and I remember, you know, it was the whole, um, uh, the whole thing with that. I know that you you worked really hard on on the SOPs and stuff like that on that. So like, what, you know, what is it that you want wanted to see, still want to see, for the, you know, what was the movement? Uh, I mean, ooh. <laughs> I would say at the time, like that you left was probably the higher point of my career before. Right, we had just won a dope award, motherfuckers. Right, yeah, I was a I was a red carpet award winner. Uh, people wanted to know who I was. I was interesting. I was running a. You're still interesting. Shut up. <laughs> Uh, no, I've achieved boring on a level that I'm super okay with. That's now. interesting <laughs> now. That's like once you settle in, like you seem boring to yourself, but other people are like, you're so interesting. <laughs> well, they must be really boring then. Yeah. Um, hey, everybody's just sitting around the fucking home nowadays, so everybody's boring. <laughs> I was just one of like really few fish, I think, to begin with. So it gave me the advantage to know who was doing what at the time. I was a little tiny girl getting into it. And by the time I was 27, I was running one of the first uh, business licensed medical cannabis dispensaries, which was CPC, which is where you were with me, which no longer stands as uh, an access point. Yeah, like I've noticed they've kind of died out. Like I haven't heard anything from either of them in a while. Like I still talk to to Greg and he's doing stuff, but I haven't heard anything from the two of them. Right. Well, they sold uh, their retail license, which was essentially the business that I I operated, which was like right. the retail side of the business, which we handled patients. We yes. were definitely gearing up to be able to do recreational because that's what and, I was doing was just making everything in bulk. Right. And we had a, 
again, we had that vertical integration. Like we were able to uh, grow. Mm -hmm. Then we were able to turn said grow product into concentrate that was then able to be made into an assortment of other products. Granted, there was a more open market. We were definitely taking in product from other uh, medical businesses at the time. Right, but like and we had, we had hope for the future, like that yeah. with legalization would come better licensing and structure for medical that would be comprehensive that we could go forward with. And I moved to pre-packaging. Like I remember the days of like chopstick, uh, you know. Oh God, yeah. Chopstick I, I, wars. I love. I love- <laughs> I love my chopsticks. All right, like I'm really good with them with now. I'm really, really exactly. good. Exactly, all because of marijuana. Like I, I, had, I had the custom you. ones. Like I, I made a show of it. I was like, I was making tips, dude. Fuck yeah! Like I, any chance I got to be an entertainer and show my shit, I had fucking lightsaber chopsticks. I had the metal Korean chopsticks. Oh, yeah. They were very cute and snappity snap. I remember the days of like, like it was funny because uh, the the last place I worked at, we uh, you know it was all all fancy we had the lab we had all the machines and shit like that and we had this the rocket box it's this just giant fucking box that it's got different attachments to it and you can fill it with cones of different sizes and it just vibrates and it shakes all the fucking you know all the all the the weed into the the cones and i'm just like i remember doing this shit fucking twice as good with just a styrofoam box or like sitting there next to you in the back office just fucking rolling shit for days and days and days on end. And we were still doing better than half the places with these fucking multi-million dollar backings. I'm just like, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, medical days were, were good at the at the height in Washington. We were we were impacting people and we were able to support probably the largest crew of people uh, of most businesses at the time. Yeah, <clears throat> and that was that was back in what, like 2015. Well, no, that was because I, I left in 15. That was like 2010 to 2015. Like you and I met, I believe it was like 12, 11 or 12, because I started working okay. at New Millennium at two, in 2010. Okay, I get so confused at this point anymore because like I really got into everything 2009, and I right. was. There was no existing industry or businesses in Whatcom, Bellingham, where I lived at the time. So I had to come to Seattle to have any idea of what was happening uh, with anybody else. Right. And that's that was like the initial, that was back in 2009. So probably by 2012 was when I met you. Yeah, it was around. I guess. Because yeah. I, just, I just left. <laughs> I'd been working at New Millennium for a little while and I just left Barnes & Noble. Because I moved to Northgate, or I moved out of Northgate, and I moved to uh, Lake City. Because I moved like six times in six years in Washington. <laughs> when you left, uh, that was like the last of a string of me just being appointed into management in businesses, which is mm-hmm. also how you met me. Right. <laughs> And that's, that's why I didn't like you in the beginning. I was like, who the fuck is Like, I've been working. I've been busting ass. I, like, got right. to work, and I was doing this shit. Then she comes in like, who the fuck is this chick? And I, I have a really beautiful resume, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've, worked, I've worked for everyone. And they all hope I keep their secrets. So <laughs> they all... Right, I'm, 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 I'm stacking that stuff up, too. I'm like, hmm. hmm who, can I, <laughs> who can I blackmail? <laughs> no, it's just... It's never an open conversation, but I'm sure that's why uh, some of my first bosses gave me good references. 
Oh, okay, um, absolutely. Like, I'm sure right. that's the only reason Greg still because talks in the to me. Day, back in the day, things were so gray area on everything. That, yes, uh, there, you couldn't really do any, like, legal contracts or deals. I remember at New Millennium, we were a fucking t-shirt company if anybody wanted to pay with a card. Like, somebody would come in and be like, dude, how the fuck did I spend $600 on t-shirts? I'm like, no, nah, that's us, man. It's just so we can pay our employees and our taxes and shit. Give me just a second. My my child is knocking at my door. Okay, so we're gonna need to pause. That's a pause. Pause. We're pausing. We're not doing anything because she's taking care of her maternal responsibilities. So just sit back and relax. <laughs> the life of the pandemic with a puppy and a 13 year old and we're back okay so yeah go ahead <laughs> catch me up where were we uh i ranted about something but i ranted about a lot of things <laughs> um, oh yeah me coming in as your boss oh like, yeah like who the fucking shit Right. And that by that point was like the third gig in the movement that I had been appointed to from an outside to come in and like shake shit up. Right. Right. Which really now is called professionalizing. And it's it's how kind people of what, like it's it's from what my, Zoom my firm, get jobs yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's what I've kind of based like I'm 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 working on my 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 consulting firm. Um and that's kind of what it is. It's just like I don't necessarily want to pick one particular thing. It's I call it adaptive consulting, like whatever you right. need from soil to sale. You know, I I, I want to I can just come in and be like, you're fucking that shit up. Do consulting ended up one of those phrases like activists that I just try not to. I use know I try not to, but it's still legit, and that's what my contracts say. So I, I, you know, I've always wanted to be a consultant. I've always wanted to be somebody who doesn't actually do anything specifically, just comes in there and tells other people my opinion and get paid for it. I mean, I'm a very opinionated individual, so I figure I might as well get paid for it because it's not like I can really go out and do anything right now. At least this uh, I, I think at this point I would advertise myself as a lone gun, you know? I mean, I would rather just call it what it is at this point. Maybe uh, I'll, like, I'll do some, some, some Wild West advertising. That's literally why I came out here to Oklahoma because I read an article and it described this place as the Wild West of cannabis. And yes, since, since I've been it. out here, like since I've been out here, I've, I've met a few patients, I've I've seen a you know like I I got I got some I got some really nice stuff um, and there's there's a there's good uh, as as far as programs for setting up to get your card like it takes forever to get a fucking license here but wow. they also have if you're an existing patient you can apply for a 30 day temporary medical card in the state of Oklahoma as long as all your shit's still active and valid so I can do that for work while I'm waiting to get my you know my actual license but the the prices are the same the products are the same the variety. Like I, I, I looked at I looked at a, a square area of weed maps and it was just fucking stacked with shit. Like it's everywhere. <laughs> you know, so it coming out here reminded me so much of of working in, you know, like Washington and Oregon in like 2012, 2013, 2010 and shit like that. So like it was it's it's got a lot of the same potential and the the city itself, like the state and the government, they're they're actively progressive. Like they're putting money back into the communities. They just had their their first art and music festivals, you know, like a year or so ago, a couple of months ago, they're working on conventions. There's a lot of revitalization programs and shit like that. So there's a lot of, of potential and possibility. And with the industry, like, you know, you, you go around and, and 
there's fucking billboards everywhere with giant weed leaf, you know, like like weed dispensaries and pot leaves and shit on them. And there's like the actual like advertising and you know healthy competition and shit like that. I can't <laughs> even tell the difference sometimes now between like a lifestyle ad for you know an ED medication or like <laughs> a cannabis product. It's it's. That's interesting. I, yeah, I would, I would like to see how it is out there. I've, I haven't been out there in a while. It's the same dude running in both. I, <laughs> both ads, I swear. What I'm finding interesting now is seeing YouTube ads out here because we still haven't figured out advertising for a legal market in Washington. It's pitiful. Right. It's well, I mean, everybody. That's that's kind of like the last thing on anybody's mind because of the fact that like you do have you know the weed map and the leaflies and there's a lot of new ones. There's one coming out, Buddy Jane. I know it's already on uh, Apple. They're coming mm-hmm. out on Android. That's like a social network. That's it's pretty cool. Um, and there's you know there's the different hiring firms and stuff. So I think that advertising and marketing, because of the fact that like for for the last. 40, 50 years, it's been opposed strongly by the government and still just through word of mouth or just because people know what it is, it makes, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars a year against the odds. So I think advertising and marketing is kind of like, we'll just wait until it's done and they say that we can do it and then we'll worry about that later. Right. Well, I mean, I look forward to the day that we don't have to be so symbolic. Like the green cross thing is just... Yeah. It's... There's there's not that much like in Florida, and I haven't really seen a whole lot of that out here. So so that's that's one thing. Like everybody's got their own logos and symbols, and there's there's a lot less of the most. It's most of that that green cross you just see on uh, like the doctors' offices and stuff. Yeah, when I, I mean, like when we were going between New Millennium to CPC. Mm-hmm would be the time that I would say that we went in Washington from say like 150 shops in state to like 285 shops in the greater Seattle area. Like it in two years, the growth happened so fast because we legalized, but we hadn't licensed yet. (laughs) And so everybody was like, okay, we'll just set up a medical business and we'll just transfer right over. And that wasn't at all how it worked out. But in the interim, there was all these new cannabis businesses. And when you talk about weed maps, like just going, Mm -hmm. I remember those days. It was. Yeah. Like I I was driving in um, and like I had done some research before, but I hadn't actually looked at the app. So like I was driving in, I was like, oh, I need to, I need to just, you know, check some stuff out and see where things are and whatnot. And I, I, I hit the maps button and I was just like, just in my area. And it was, it, it, it I cried. Like, I don't know if you can. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. That's just in like the, the, the Southern Tulsa broken arrow area. That's not even like the entire state. <laughs> and that's like shit on top of shit on top of shit. Like it, huh. it, it makes me, it made me happy. They're literally like three within walking distance of my apartment. Is that like just regulated to the city of Tulsa or is the whole state pretty? Oh yeah. No, like the whole, the whole state is, is on board. I know uh, because I help out Seattle Hemp Fest or at least in previous years have, I've been really lazy this year. Um, They had said that there was an Oklahoma Hemp Fest. Yeah. That's coming up. Like that's just Northern like Oklahoma city and Tulsa. And the thing is like, it doesn't look like a lot, but Oklahoma city is 600 square miles when you can really fit the entire population and buildings in like 60 square miles. It's one of those, it's 
vastly spread out. Like there's a lot of empty open space in this state just because, you know, it's, it's kind of empty. But like it looks like that. It looks like it's all populated to those areas because that's really where the only population is, is in the, the, the major cities and shit like that. Right. But it's 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 one of those like I came in and I think it's only been like two years, year or so that they've that they've had it. Um, but they've adopted it wholeheartedly and and they're they're very progressive and smart about it and it seems like the patients are very active in you know like the legislation and what's going on and staying updated and informed and stuff like that so it's 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 you know one of the main reasons i'm out here is because it it gives me a lot of hope for for the future and it gives me more opportunities uh you know to to work and shit like that i would hope since it's been um since there's been so many people that have legalized before them so that they're able to kind of see the the pitfalls right <clears throat> that some states are still trying to work out and right they're now. they're one of the few because like florida florida did everything exactly opposite like it is a prescription like the card lasts for a year but the prescription lasts for seven months but you only got two and a half ounces for these three months so if you you know you use that two and a half ounces before three months is over you got to wait until it renews itself and then you got to renew it but then you have to pay the state and the doctor again, and it could still get denied, even though if you had it already. And it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, like a Freddy gram. Seven Eleven does not charge that. And <laughs> exactly, the only hope that and a gram, a gram is fifty five dollars. I like, like fifty five dollars a gram. Yes, yes. What? Or like fifty, fifty, sixty dollars for an eighth. No. Of like non cure, no cure, because it's got to get out quick. Like I've been in different places, they don't cure. Like there's there's maybe one place, but that's because all they did was flower. But like I've been to places, I've worked in places where we have harvested it on Monday, dried it for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It has been out by Monday. It has been trimmed and out. It harvested on Monday and then and then packaged and, and on the floor by next Monday. I so mean, like and still 50, 60 bucks for an eight. I was like, nah, I came back here, it was like eight bucks a gram. I got a I got a half a zip of Acapulco gold for a hundred bucks. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. I'm staying yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one thing, industry-wise, not not you know uh, cultural, not you know the movement, not the history. Just the one thing currently in your state, industry-wise, that you know like just pisses you off and you you feel needs to change or has to change or you have an idea or something you know that you just want to get out there and just be like motherfuckers you know <laughs> um <laughs> we'll cut that list uh, down because i know it's a big one just the one all right i'm like that's a okay all right um i <laughs> <laughs> I really am gonna have to lay this joint. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, you know, otherwise, otherwise, it's, otherwise. it's not a very true show. I mean, we gotta, we gotta get that, we gotta get that in there somehow. <clears throat> I gotta get my money's worth out of that, e, I, even though I didn't pay anything for it. I wish that they allowed the consumer. Uh, better ways of being able to identify what they're buying because out here now with the way packaging is even sometimes with the way visibility is on the packaging consumers are almost entirely reliant 
upon numerical value of the testing of these products. We have cannabinoid testing out here. We say that we test for pesticides, even though there has been a lot of other studies that indicate that maybe we don't. Yeah. So like more more analytical transparency, more more restrict like more requirements as far as what you know the producer needs to give out and, and what you know they need to be able to have access to? For sure. I think when somebody comes online with a product out into the market, they need to be able to really present to the consumer all the viable information. And that does include uh, the terpenoid profiles, which is something that is almost now exclusive to just concentrate manufacturers. And in some part, that's due to that they can order synthetic terpenes and enhance the product. I hate that shit so much. And then produce it as something that is high in terpenes, which is incredibly dishonest. And you guys are fucktards. I'm going to say that. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I hate you for all your flavored (laughs) product shit. All of your CBD that no customer can necessarily test the efficacy on, and you still charge more money for it. That's dishonest and wrong. It and doesn't the most ridiculous cost thing. any more money. Any more terps in everything. Like, like you can have, you can find terps in anything, which is why I think it's ridiculous. Because, because I've I've known some places that are doing synthetics as well, and yeah, that so that's that's because that's the next step on that is synthetic cannabis, and I think that that's the fucking that's the Skynet of the cannabis world, honestly. I really right. do think that somebody needs to make some sort of movie about like the Dankinator. I don't fucking know, but no, like I, I agree with you wholeheartedly uh, that that that's people are doctoring their products with like CBD isolates and with foreign terpenes, and they're not required to necessarily tell that to consumers. Uh, and if I just had one more thing, I would say fucking stop using neem oil. Even in veg, I can taste it. I can taste it. <laughs> I can always taste you're it. Bougie. You're bougie as fuck though. Like you're bougie as fuck. It's true. I've been, yeah, exactly. I've been running under the pen name of Canna Snob for a long time just because I feel like it's better to have your expectations like on the table. That's not an expectation. That's a label. That's just letting everybody know. Be like, this was the type of person I am. (laughs) I'm going to be disappointed in you. (laughs) Right. Be like, it doesn't matter. It has nothing against you. I just have impossible expectations. Right. Uh, which is now kind of where I find myself in life because I have these impossible expectations. I literally have to be part of the uh, whole process of the cannabis that I consume somehow. And that's what I got from you. Like that's that's honestly the the, the way that I look at it. That's why I'm you know I'm in the industry because I if 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 I have the ability to affect what I'm doing or if I have the ability like to to you know play a part in the the shit that I'm making because I want to make it as as good as possible and know everything about it, then, you know, like that's, that's what I'm doing. So I I can honestly say that that's, I I got that trait from you. Like that's why I'm in the industry and I've stayed in it because I'm never going to stop smoking weed, but I'm also going to make sure that I get the best possible shit because I have hands in it. Because I know, because I know that it exists and I can't go back. I can't, I can't go back. You've ruined me for everything. (laughs) (laughs) And that, that has become my life now. Uh, It's troublesome for me. And it's, I, I hesitate to say this because I'm sure that in other places, it's not like this, but in Washington, even in the black market before legalization and even really before medical became a thing, 
straight weed was still better weed than most of the nation had, yep. right? But yep. we were sitting here as pretentious millennial kids being like, <laughs> is that beasters? Did you technically, get beasters? Technically, I'm a zennial. I'm, I'm, I'm better than millennials. I'm a little bit older than them. Whatever. We have the same birth year, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't um, so what is it? What is it that you want to like? What are your What are your hopes? Like, um, you know, for anything for for the the movement for the entertainment industry part of it for the business side of it for medical rec. What are your What are your I overall hope hopes? Giving it away for free. <laughs> I know that sounds so corny, right? Um, and it is. It is literally the biggest problem I have with being employed in the industry now, is that I don't think that sick people should have to pay for. There are a lot of places and like like there's uh, there's groups going on in Florida, the Bud, Buds for Vets. There's a, a store in Michigan, um, like a mother and daughter owned store that give it out to, you know, like homeless and, and uh, you know, patients. And, and I have and stuff like systems like that. It's just I found that in California and in Washington and in Oregon, as soon as we legalized and the recreational market moved in, the compassion. Oh, Absolutely dried up it was yeah. gone there was it's no because, because then you get the can of tourism then you get those, anymore. No you get those, right because you get those places that have done it for a while so they have everything already set up so they can immediately move into can of tourism i mean look at vegas vegas takes any state's valid yeah. card like you can go there so it's like you know that that's that's it's blatant that's why they did it they did it because all right we've already got this structure set up we know what we're doing we've got the you know the infrastructure and everything in place and you know we've, we've got the product and the influx so why do we have to worry like why are we gonna do this now because now we've got people coming from all over the country because it's a thing now like it's like people aren't afraid to talk about it it's not a taboo subject it's not like oh you know like greg and tanya went off to the fucking poconos and smoked a joint on the balcony and shit like that like no like you could go to fucking vegas and have like a can of tour package you can go to washington and california and charter a bus and drive around the fucking states you know hot boxing a fucking tour bus you know, like that's that's legal and shit now. So it, unfortunately, you're going to see that, and especially it's going to be in the the more the, the bigger, more developed places because they're going to be expected to continue to you know to lead and to be ahead. Right. Well, for being a head state here in Washington, it's still not legal for you to grow your own as well, 21 and over. They'll lose money. That's going to be uh, the last holdout of a lot uh, of places. I mean, and that's. That's arguable too, friend. Like, how many uh, how many people have we known that were like, "I'm gonna grow, I'm gonna grow this plant, I'm gonna take it home, and I'm gonna grow it." It's the possibility. It's not necessarily that they'll do it. It's the possibility, and it's it's the it's the ability to do it. Like the government is scared because look at all of the self sustaining hemp farmers. Look at all of the you know the look at the fact that it did it was an underground movement for the entirety of its life up until the last like couple of years. The fact that it was grown against, you know, the government's will. It was grown in secret. It was grown out everywhere. Like in the 90s, fucking the, the whole West Coast had problems because people were just dropping seeds everywhere and you got mm-hmm. random pop plants popping up and shit like that. So it's it's not necessarily okay. that you and I know that people will do it. It's the po- yeah, it's the possibility of or or it's it's giving the public the ability to become self-sustaining. So it's it's the government knows it's like no not it's not like the second it's done you know ninety five percent of the world becomes fucking farmers and they're gonna do their own shit no it's the fact that they have that possibility and that scares the government like it's not necessarily that the government knows that anybody's gonna do anything in particular that doesn't scare them it's the possibilities of what can be done with the freedoms voted upon 
Right. Well, I mean, but most states at least legalized for six plants. Like, yeah, here is you're not, a 12, danger, you're not a danger to anybody with your six little plants out in your backyard. You are if you form a collective or a cooperative. <laughs> or, you know, you use like or eight cult. chuck cult. beds and scrog yeah. those suckers <laughs> out across the football field. So, so like, all right. All right, so that 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 that, that totally that, that reminds me of a story. All right, the, the, the last place, the last the last place that I worked at, we we got um we we ended up renting a facility in Tampa from a guy named what was it? it was Farmer Farmer Bill, I think they called him or some shit like that. Um, but he couldn't be associated with the company at all because he had a history. Ooh. But I drive up to this facility and it's a large, just, you know, normal industrial loading facility. It's got the big, uh, the big loading base for the, the tractor trailers and stuff like that. And there's like six tractor trailers parked up against it. And they're like FTD flower and shit like that. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Da, 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 da. I go inside and like it's, it's an open facility and it's got the, the grow room in one side with the bay doors and everything. And then you look over and I see the loading bay and they're like, they're fixed and there's, there's doors and everything there. It was the fucking. It was the trim rooms and the drying rooms and the harvesting rooms. All of these tractor trailers were parked up against the building and affixed permanently to the side of this building. While they still had valid tags, they still had all the parts. They were totally serviceable, but they were permanently affixed to the side of these buildings because it was where the fucking trimming and the and the, the, the drying and shit took place. It was uh, like, this is a bond building. This is fucking awesome. This is like a black ops facility. That's why this guy can't be anywhere around it because this place had been set up a little bit before it was legal to do so. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Out here, they used to just sink it below pools and stuff. Like they you can't would... do that in Florida. Like you can't dig because we're a coral reef. So you, oh, you, you right, dig right. too deep, and it's you know you just get fucking seawater and swamp ass. That's gross. I hate that place. God, Florida's like all right. Like if you take a a, a, a like a like a curling iron that shorts out a lot, and you wrap it in a hot towel, and you heat it up just a little bit, and then jam it down the back of your ass crack <laughs> that's that's the best way i can describe florida in all in all aspects in all manners in in any way living there knowing people there traffic it, all of it is a is a is a damp hot curling iron down the back of your ass crack i was born and bred in washington mm -hmm. and i have absolutely never wanted to go to florida I have you. never wanted to be in Florida. Yeah, well, I didn't really have choices, all right, because my fucking Jersey family members moved down to Florida. And I was right, well, I, and that's the only reason I feel like if you're up somewhere like here that you go to the South is if perhaps uh, you have family there, you were born there, or you just don't mm -hmm. know any better. That's why and I'm dead center. I like, I moved myself dead center into the country. Like, literally, there's a place, that Four Corners place is not too far from here. I'm right down the street from Route 66. I am smack Ooh. dab in the heart. I fucking love it. There's, Ooh, seasons, right. there's like, I see mountains over there. I see fucking, you know, like, it's been, like, dry. There's no humidity. There's no, there's no, all right, there's no humidity. There's, y'all don't understand. There's no humidity. None. My ass is so dry. It's so dry. All right, <laughs> the fold on the back of my ears just twitched when you said that. Sweet. And and it's crazy, crazy cheap. Like I got a brand new, brand new eight hundred square foot apartment for six ninety five a month. Oh. All included. I don't even remember rental. The average, the that. average, like the average pay for like bud tenders or trimmers or just 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 like base starting out 
is like $12, $13 an hour. So anybody thinking about coming out here and working in the industry, uh, you're more than welcome because there's plenty of fucking space and everything is cheap. And it's a gas state. You know how much I paid for gas the other day? Guess how much I paid for gas the other day? Two nineteen. One seventy three. One seventy three. One dollar and seventy three cents point three nine two something other cents. One seventy three. I drive an SUV. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't <laughs> anymore. The plague has uh, like there's no there's no reason to really go anywhere. This is true. This is true. But I'm just saying, once the world decides, you know. To wise the fuck up and, and stop fucking around and let this shit, you know, play out. Then uh, I'm still going to be here. And I'm going to have more money because I'm going to save up. Cannabis has been deemed an essential service. In it's, I, I, my, one of, uh, one of my, my next, uh, not the next show, but the next show after that, the guest on there, we actually talk about that. Like he's, he was crazy excited or and like he loved, you know, it was, it was awesome. We talked about the whole COVID thing. And yeah, like that's a, that's a huge thing. And I was like, if nothing else, if none of the other countless reasons why cannabis is amazing and should be you know should should not be bullied the way it has been if 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 not the fact that you know now it it you know has a has a, an effect a positive effect on the one thing currently wiping out millions of people on the planet oh yeah there's a lot of studies that are well he was talking about it was like they, they, they did a, a study on mice and they you know they, they took this batch and they split it in half and they infected, like they they infected both of them, but they had uh, exposed the the mice, uh, half the batch to cannabis. And the mice that were exposed to cannabis, with the the they did the the oils, I believe, um, they were cured. All the other the mice that weren't exposed that that were still infected with COVID died. All the mice that were exposed to COVID and then treated with cannabis survived, like all mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, I had read some things kind of particulating down to CBD being uh the the trigger point so yeah yeah yeah, and that came out of canada but it's been hard to actually get uh canada health like uh they're having a lot of trouble with kind of the the cannabis and and some other things they're having some i just think it's my internet having a lot of problems pulling down uh like any canadian urls at the moment well you gotta you gotta do it in french And then I know that that's a thing. I don't know if that's like a cyber law, but it, it may be. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm really high. All right. So what is your, what do you, what do you, what do you miss about mainstream? Like, like, you know, the, the heady days of when, when everybody put canna in front of something and it didn't make you cringe. Um, well, I mean, Here's the deal. Like, I got into it to legalize it. I found my heart in it when I worked with the kid patients there at CPC. That was ultimately the thing, I think, that took all of this stress of uh, going through everything that we went through as a business and kind of as a movement worth it. That's a real uh, component that I think 90% 90% of voters have uh, compassion for is the use of uh, cannabis products for children with uh, seizure disorders. Right. <clears throat> that was the highlight for me. That was the thing that I think um, made it feel the most worth it. And still to this day, 
I do help uh, people undergoing chemo and radiation through their cancer therapies with cannabis oil concentrates. Uh, it's really not affordable for the average person to go and buy a presumptive 60 day supply for their treatment through cancer therapy. Uh, It's not affordable for them to do that. So uh, for the past five years since I've left the industry, I give away RSO if I come across it and I do come across it a lot. So I give away a lot of RSO to people so so if you had the opportunity to to get back into it and to you know that's all i would want to do is just give away cannabis so just so like like a like like the charity <laughs> charity foundations i mean no like they're they're like yeah. I've, I've dealt with a lot of people and i've dealt with a, with a few different uh companies that offer those programs and shit like that because i i when i was still in florida like i helped out with a lot of the the va and the veterans groups and shit like that to, you know for the buds for vets and shit like that um, so like, that's, is that, is that something that you would, you I mean, enjoy? the activist in me is tired of having to argue about the validity of such a program. Like when there's a program up and like people have already argued about it enough, mm-hmm. uh, because if people can't see the reason why there should be voucher systems, why there should be some sort of system for people to be able to use this for free. Uh, I, I can't have that argument but I'm so ready to like get on projects to actually make it happen. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm tired of, of the arguing. I, for years I had to hide that I had dreadlocks so that I could go to my state Capitol and talk about cannabis, you know, right, yeah. uh, because they didn't want to hear from a dready girl. Right, right. No, they didn't want that. They didn't want that at all. Right. And now my dreads are free flying and I love it. So it's, it's up to probably this oncoming entrepreneurial a uh, newer generation of kids to argue the validity of these systems, and I hope I hope they're created. Well, how 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 married are you to to Washington? Ah, uh, yeah, it's like that. Yeah, I, I have roots here. Uh, so now cool. the education is kind of like a you could do it from anywhere. That does open up a lot more possibilities. Right. <laughs> uh, but having a 13 year old and now like I sell weed from my couch uh, for (laughs) the same, the same cost to me as what would have been working part-time anyway. So right. I don't, I don't want to like go back to the the horse race. No, no, nobody, nobody would. I like that's and that's one of the reasons I came out here is because I was fighting in Florida and I was trying to you know change it and 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 it was just I'm just I'm I'm too like it's it's eventually going to get there. It will like the movement is is gotten so much momentum and it's we're like like 46 states have something, 32 states have at least you know medical. We got you know, 15 or, or a dozen or so with, with recreational and shit. So it's, it's going to happen. Like it's going to, so like, I'm not going to spend my thirties uh, fighting mm. in a state that I fucking hate. Like I, I, I have escaped Florida so many goddamn times. It's I'm, I'm never going back. I'm never, I'm no, I will, I will, I will, I will die. I will die before I go back to Florida. 
And it's um, crazy for me to think that there are states that are still fighting that original battle. And yeah. I think that, that those battles in particular are worthy of seasoned activists' time uh, to go to those states and really help fight the battle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that's not me anymore. Yeah, um, like I'm just not at that place in my life now. Like I, I have to worry about myself and everything. And, and now I'm, I'm free. I know that that's a horrible thing to say, but I'm free. I can say that now. I've come to terms with it. Um, they don't. But like I, I, I just I want to I want to work in the industry. I want to do my shit. Like I've got a message. I've got something that I want to say. I've got something that you know, like that that I feel that you know needs my attention. So if if I get to a point where I can use that to you know talk to some fucking senator or or you know get something you know out there passed, then great. But right now I kind of I kind of have to be a little selfish and and you know focus on my shit. Right. And there's just so much going on right now uh, yeah. in so many places. Yeah. I think it's probably really hard for people to keep up with cannabis news and especially moves in legislation for cannabis. Yeah. Well, this was wonderful. And we, we, we have to do this. We have to do this a lot more often. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not necessarily on the show. I know that you're, you're weird and you're, you're self-deprecating when you don't need to be. Uh, but no, we need to catch up more. And I'm I'm not that far away. Like I said, I'm in the middle of the country now. So I have friends who still have family in Tulsa and who do travel to Tulsa. So it's a chance that I could someday come to Tulsa. Broken arrow. It won't be for the right reasons. You get to see Wilson again. Yeah, I'm I'm a new puppy owner, so it's yeah. weird adapting to having a dog. I guess I, 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 I think love about him. that. I'll never not I'll awesome. never not have a dog ever again. People suck. Dogs are awesome. Yeah, well, that's why I named right. him boyfriend. You got to be careful, man, because some people take the wrong connotation, especially in Washington. I know that there's a subculture there. Oh well, I don't <laughs> care. He barks at anyone who comes near me, and that's pretty much about all I need right now. That works. All right. Six All right, feet. Pookie. <laughs> All right, I love. I love you. It was wonderful. You. Thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. Of course, anytime. Bye. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the shows. Appreciate everything. Um, it's because of you guys that we're on here. Go ahead, mjbulls.com. Check out the entire lineup of amazing shows that they have on there. Um, tune in next time. I don't know who I'm going to have on, but I'm sure it'll be somebody with something to say. So, uh, once again, thanks for listening. Chronic Insomnia Podcast. Tune in. Toke up. Thank you.